Heavenly Father, I come before you and I ask for a fresh anointing of my life. I ask that you remove all distractions from people listening. And I pray, Lord God, that you will hide me behind the cross and that this sermon would empower people to believe you for their healing. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So I don't think I've ever preached on healing before, but this morning I want to I wanna preach on healing. You know, from, from the beginning to the end, the Bible teaches that God is both able and willing to work supernaturally in the lives of his people. Miracles and supernatural healing is a legitimate part of God's activity. Now, beloved, this doesn't exclude proper consultation with doctors and therapists, nor does it overlook the responsibility to treat our bodies as the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? Some people, we need temple maintenance. And and, and this would keep us healthy, right? So I... I, I I, I grew up in church, and you would see people eating bad and just praying for their food and asking God for miracles, and it doesn't work that way, right? We, we need to practice stewardship. We need to have a healthy lifestyle. We need to be convinced that something good is going to happen. You, you know how you operate before a vacation you've been waiting for, right? You're like, oh, I don't want no drama. I'm going to take care of business at work. I don't want to get sick. I'm going to stay away from everybody. I'm going to eat healthy because I want to enjoy myself. You don't want to break down before the breakthrough. So sometimes we take care of ourselves, but we still get sick or we still deal with things because this is life. So nevertheless, there are times when we must and should call out to God even as we go to the doctor. Healing is part of our inheritance as a Christian. And it's often, uh, it's often been misunderstood. It's been uh, either overemphasized or discarded or unscrupulous individuals have manipulated the masses who are desperate for healing um, by saying, I'll pray if you pay. And this is not the way it is. The old, it, Psalms 103 verse 3 says, He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. 2 Chronicles 7.14, it says, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins and restore their land. How many people know that our land needs a healing? In Luke chapter 4, verse 40, When the sun was setting, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, Laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Amen. Luke chapter 9, verse 6. So they sent out and went from the village to village, preaching the gospel and healing people everywhere. That was the disciples. Now, this, this, this scripture really touched me. It was one, um, where is it here? one Sabbath day, as Jesus was teaching in the synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been bent double for 18 years and was unable to stand straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. Then he touched her, right? It was a point of contact. It was, it, it was a word and it was a point of contact. And instantly she could stand straight. How she praised God. But the leaders in charge of the synagogue was indignant that Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath day. There are six days a week for working, he said to the crowd. 
come on those days to be healed, come on those days to be healed and not the Sabbath. All right, so that's one scripture, right? And that's one healing that this lady was, was bent over 18 years, an evil spirit. She was in the house of God, but she had a spirit. She was in the house of God, but she was in pain. Mark chapter 5, verse 24, we know this, the woman with the issue of blood, right? Uh, Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowded around him. And a woman in the crowd has suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She was, this, this caused her to be isolated, not be able to go to the temple. She has suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I could touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped, praise God. And she could feel in her body that she'd been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? Ooh, who's touching Jesus during service? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came, fell to her knees in front of him, and told him what she had done. Verse 34, and he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. So this is a woman. So we're looking at 18 years. We're looking at 12 years. We're looking at somebody who went to temple. We're looking at somebody who spent all their money, but they needed a touch from God. You know, I heard a pastor talk about that the woman with the issue of blood, there's some pastors that pay coaches, they pay for billboards, they pay for flyers, they pay for websites, they pay for guest speakers, but what they really need, the church really needs, is a touch from God. What the church really needs is to, to, get, to get humble themselves and reach out to the hem of the garment of their master, Jesus. So three big ideas today. The process of wholeness, Healing verse cured and grace for your race. So the process of wholeness. And I have this story here. I'm not going to read the whole story. You can screenshot this. Um, and, and, and it talks about Naaman, right? He was like a general. And he had, he had a servant girl. Uh, who was Jewish, and he and he had a sickness, and she told him how to get, you know, she's like, oh, you go to this prophet, you'll be healed. So he goes to the prophet, and the prophet says, you got to dip seven times, wash seven times in the Jordan, right? The Jordan wasn't the cleanest river. And long story short, he got his healing. And he, he was so touched, he asked him, listen, can I take some of this ground, right? Can I take some of this soil with me so I could pray to your God around the soil? And there's a whole supernatural territorial aspect to that that I wish I had time, but I don't have time, but it's amazing. It's mind-blowing. So he, he wanted to take some soil with him, and he said, listen, I got to kind of bow down with my king when he worshiped the other god. Can I, get a, can I get a pardon from Yahweh Elohim? And he said, yes, which is powerful, powerful if you're dealing with stuff at work uh, and stuff like that, but it's powerful. But I, what I want to focus on, I really wish I could preach it, but what I really want to focus on is that he had to go down seven times. He had to dip seven times. And it's a, it's a process. 
it's a it's it's a process. Um, and I I just wanted to share with some of you that every service I want you to pray for healing. I want you to pray that God will make you whole and healed, and He'll restore your innocence. That He'll restore your love, that he'll restore your youth, that he'll restore your vitality, that he'll restore your zeal. Every service is an opportunity to dip. Every service is an opportunity to wash yourself in God's presence, right? And so this healing is a process, right? Have you ever read like Psychology Today or, or listened to a, a great sermon with a therapeutic theme behind it and you realize, I still need to be healed. I still need my mind renewed. Right, so every service is a process, is an opportunity to take part in the process to to uh, attain spiritual maturity, to to become wise but still innocent but not naive. Right, and so Jesus was even talking about how um, I'll read it, Luke chapter four. We're going to read sixteen, and then we're going to jump to twenty-three and twenty-six. He went to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue, as was his custom, and he stood up to read. This is amazing, right? We're talking about Nazareth. We're talking about Old Testament prophecy. We're talking about that the word of God, the human face of God, went to, went to synagogue all the time, right? This is amazing. So Jesus said to himself, surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, do here in your hometown what we heard you do at Capernaum. Truly, I tell you, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. Ooh, sometimes I think about that. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent, hold on, I'm in the way, was sent to any of them but to the widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon, right? So, to an outsider, he's saying. And there was many, many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elijah the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up and drove him out to the town, took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built, and ordered to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went his way. Jesus was not going to let nobody take his life before it was time. That's why some of you can't get into unnecessary drama and beef on the trains. You got to use wisdom. Don't let the devil disqualify your destiny because your ego is not your amigo. All right, so we see here that there was a process, that Naaman went through the process, and that thousands of years later, Jesus even talks about how an outsider was willing to go through the process. I want to let you know that some of you have been serving the Lord a long time, but you quit the process. And you're going to see a new person come to church and get breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough because they were humble and hungry and holy. I want to encourage you to ask God to restore that humility, to restore that hunger, and to restore that holiness. So we can stay in the potter's wheel, stay in the process. So we can re receive our restoration. Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior or customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. What you think about, brings you, you, you bring about. 
then you will learn God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So the first thing about healing is you and I, we have to learn to dip every time we're in church. We have to learn to cleanse ourselves every day, and we have to learn to renew our mind. Some of us, our weakness has been so part of our brand that subconsciously we don't want to get healed. All right, so then the second big idea. Healing versus cured. I've been I've been serving the Lord a long time. I haven't seen many people cured. I saw Coco get cured once, but many many times the supernatural is healing that people learn to live with it. Right? Um, you may not be able to be cured of diabetes, but you will have a healing that diabetes doesn't completely stop your life. So I was reading in the like a Yale Theological Journal, and there was this wonderful pastor by the name of Reverend Kyle Stevenson, and he said this, healing is finding a sense of well-being into a person's life, a sense of comfort, support, and peace. Healing can happen amid having a disability. See, some of us, we were born in conditions. For whatever reason, that was God's will. He'll explain it to you when you're in glory one day. You'll get the whole story when you're in glory. But you can still walk with healing. You can still walk with wholeness. You can still walk with power. Wait, hold on. I think I have more, more for this. It's been said, a cure signifies the banishment of physical illness, but a healing could mean not just a physical cure, but a repairing and strengthening of the mind and spirit to improve the quality of life even when there's no physical even when no physical cure was possible. Uh, it's also been said healing doesn't mean that damage never existed. It means the damage no longer controls your life. Maybe Ethan could put that in the trap. Now, there's a, there was a, a Christian sociologist named Tony Coppolo, and he wrote, um, he shared about when he prayed for a healing for a man with cancer, but the man didn't get cured, right? He says, can sickness, even sickness unto death, be such a blessing for a Christian? On the surface, it would uh, seem not. How can a Christian do God's will if he's lying in bed flat on his back? How can pain, discomfort, and medical treatment and surgery, as well as the compounding effect of medication, be any way a blessed state? Tony Coppolo tells a story about being in a church in Oregon when he asked to pray for a man who had cancer. Coppolo prayed boldly for the man's healing. The next week, he got a telephone call from the man's wife. She said, you prayed for my husband. He had cancer. Coppolo thought he heard her use the past tense verb that his cancer had been eradicated. But before he could think uh, much about it, she said he died. Oh, wow, imagine that. You prayed for a husband, then he died. I too, oh. Coppolo felt terrible. But she continued, don't feel bad. When he came into church that Sunday, he was filled with anger. He knew he was going to be dead in a short period of time, and he hated God. 
He was 58 years old. He wanted to see his children and grandchildren grow up. He was angry that an all-powerful God didn't take away his sickness and heal him. He would lie in bed and curse God. The more his anger grew towards God, the more miserable he was with everybody around him. It was an awful thing to be in his presence. But the lady told Coppola, after you prayed for him, a peace came over him and a joy came into him. Tony, the last three days have been the best days of our lives. We sung, we laughed, we read scriptures, we prayed. Oh, they've been wonderful days. And I call to thank you for laying your hands on him and praying for his healing. And then she said something incredibly profound. She said, he wasn't cured, but he was healed. What a beautiful story. And this is why, as a church, we need God to raise our compassion. When we come together, and people do prayer petitions, and people come to the altar, we need you to join us in prayer. I want our church to be a Holy Ghost hospital. Disability theologian Nancy Eslin highlighted, check this out, you need to put this in the chat, that she highlighted that the resurrected Lord rises with wounds in his hands and his side. His body has been raised in a non-normative body that had lived under the disabling forces of the Roman Empire that would ultimately try to execute him. He was raised with disability intact. Iceland argues, in the risen Christ, we can meet Jesus, who was victorious over death and is powerful while still having a non-normative, disabled, scarred, and vulnerable body. Encountering a risen Christ who is not cured and resurrected with a scarred body is healing for me. What a, what a powerful, powerful, powerful insight. That you may not be cured, but you can walk in healing and wholeness. You know, I, I don't have it on me now, but they, they, there, there is research saying that people with faith uh, live with more hope while having diseases. All right, so the last big idea is grace for this race, right? Grace for this race. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 through 9, the Apostle Paul writes, Three times, three different times, I begged the Lord to take it away, right? The thorn in his flesh. Each time he said, My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ could work through me. Brothers and sisters, although God can heal us, we must never presume that he must. C.S. Lewis wrote in his book, The Problem of Pain, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is the his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. 3 John 1, 2, the Apostle John wrote, I pray, beloved, I pray that all may go well with you, that you may be in good health, and 
as it goes well with your soul. So before we pray out, I just want to remind you that God will give you grace for your race. Paul had a thorn in his side. Nobody knew what it was, right? Some people thought he was he had epileptic seizures and that people would spit on him when he had seizures. Some people thought his face was disfigured for all the beatings. Um, some people even thought that he had like a hater that everywhere he went that tried to nullify his ministry. But whatever it is, God says, I will give you grace for your race. Um, there might be issues that we, that we may ask God to help us guide us for the rest of our life. Maybe addiction that you may have to go to NA meetings for the rest of your life. Maybe there's certain effects of trauma that God will teach you how to navigate and walk in wholeness, but you would need to lean on him for the rest of your life. I don't know what it is, but I want to remind somebody that God will give you grace for your race. Let's pray. Right where you're at, if something touched you, if something moved you, you know, maybe one of the big ideas, maybe it's a scripture, but I want to pray over you. Say, Lord, your word speaks promise of healing and restoration, and I thank you for all the miracles you still perform today. Today, I claim those promises over my friends watching. I believe in the healing power of faith and prayer, and I ask you to begin your mighty work in the life of everybody watching right now. Please reach down and surround my friends with supernatural peace and strength and give them the faith to believe that all things are possible. Protect them from Satan's lies and discourage them, discouragement and let their miraculous healing begin. Father, I pray, bless your people. Release your healing, even if it's a small amount right now. That every time, every day that they they would decide to renew their mind. Every service, that they would dip in your presence and wash in your presence. I pray for restoration. I pray for wholeness. I pray for healing. I pray grace for this race. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So before I pass it to Natalie and Sister Anna, next week I'm going to talk about healings and inside job and forgiveness. Uh, the power of the point of contact and healed to help heal. That's going to be uh, my talk for next week. Let me stop my screen share. Let me stop the recording.